It is now 2023, and I thought, what better way to kick off the brand new year than, than with something a little weird? And that weird thing is the Revenge of the Nerds TV pilot. Now, this was unaired, so obviously it didn't make it on TV, so I can't play a trailer for you guys. I would play the intro, but it is very tedious and annoying, and you probably don't want to hear any of that junk. But I do remember this whole episode showing its face on the Revenge of the Nerds DVD <laughs> Panty Raid Special Edition. That's not a made-up name. That is actually the name of this special edition for this movie. And when I was growing up, I do remember watching the nerds. I, I loved watching nerds. Uh, we always used to imitate the laugh. Everybody tried to be booger. You know, I've, I've liked the sequels after that. Revenge of the Nerds 2, you know, uh, Nerds in Paradise. I liked part three. I liked part four where Booger actually gets married. Um, the last two were made for TV movies, by the way. And they weren't that bad. Um, they have a little bit of the charm that the first two movies brought. But they're watchable. This unaired pilot was filmed in 1991, and not much else is known about it. Uh, I've looked far and wide, I've checked all different types of the internet, and there really isn't much backstory, trivia, history, nothing. Uh, I, I kind of feel a little useless doing this episode, but you know what? Honestly, I, I'd like to bring it to people's attention. Now, after watching this a handful of times, and not just for the purpose of recording this episode... I can honestly tell you, this show wouldn't have made it past maybe its first episode being shown on national TV. I can tell you why this was unaired. Uh, I've shown this to people in the past and they're like, why am I watching this? Sometimes movies that are, uh, I guess, recreated for television, they, they don't make it. Now, you have RoboCop the series. I remember that. There was a cartoon of RoboCop that, that actually worked. I was never a big fan of the Ferris Bueller TV show. You can go ahead and Google that bad boy because that actually exists. And there, there's other shows that, that just didn't hit right. Because a lot of times, these movies were made to be movies. Obviously, right? And when you try to translate them into a TV show, it's not really all that great. You know, everybody's already accustomed to the cast that was put in the in the original film in the first place. And then trying to recast them or try to get somebody close to what they look like, it, it doesn't work out. That is the point in case in this pilot. None of the cast fits the bill. None of them. Uh, I know I've made this uh, comparison before, but it's kind of like that scene on Spaceballs where, you know, they thought that they captured all of our heroes and instead they caught their stunt doubles, which look nothing like them. Or it's kind of like uh, uh, those Lifetime movies. Now, I'm not one to watch Lifetime movies, but I have seen the one on Saved by the Bell, which I, you know, which I felt like I needed to watch just because I'm a fan of the TV show. None of that cast looked like what they were supposed to. Same thing with the Full House uh, made-for-TV movie that they did. None of them looked like what they were supposed to. They were like the generic, cheap, great value brand of actors that they got. And this is where this whole thing fell apart for me. Now, the biggest miscast of this whole entire 
uh, episode was Booger, Dudley Dawson, which is his real name. And uh, the only person that I know that could play that part to the T is Curtis Armstrong, the original Booger. No one else should play him afterwards. It's just one of those things to where he's so connected to that character. There's nobody else that you can see playing him. But they ended up getting Robbie Wrist. If you've watched the Brady Bunch, then you'll recognize him as Cousin Oliver. Also, if you are a massive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, you're going to recognize his voice because he was Michelangelo in the first three original Ninja Turtle movies. But the worst part about it is he did not look like Booger. Not even close. Like, he had long feathered blonde hair. He was uh, uh, this... He dressed like a divorced mom from the 70s. It, it was real bad. Like, 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 there's nothing redeemable about how he looked or how he acted. You know, Booger had a little bit of charm to him where you're like, you know what? I would hang out with this dude. Regardless of how disgusting he was, I would hang out with him. This guy, you already know that the fact that within 10 seconds, you already know you're done with him. He, he was going to be gone. You were like, I, I can't wait for this dude to just completely disappear. Insurance salesmen were pushy. It also seems like the on-screen chemistry between Lewis and Gilbert wasn't there. They were both really whiny. Now, Robert Carradine played the original Lewis Skolnick, and Anthony Edwards was Gilbert. Now, the both of them had two different types of personalities. They were both nerds, but they were both really different. You know, Gilbert was more of a a skeptic, but he had confidence. And Lewis was more of a, you know, he was a risk taker and he had confidence as well. But they were both just big nerds. But you can tell, like, on the original movie, they, those two actors meshed really well together. The ones on this TV show didn't. You know, we don't even get the full cast of characters either. Uh, I think it's only Lewis, Gilbert, Booger, and Wormser, the little 10-year-old genius. And that was it. No UN Jefferson... Uh, no Stan Gable. The Alpha Betas are there. Ogre is in here, which, once again, it's one of those things where he looks nothing like Ogre at all. Nerd! One of the only redeeming characters on this whole pilot was Todd. He was the head of the Alpha Betas, much like Stan Gable was in the original uh, movie. And he is played by Sean Cannon, which completely, completely blew my mind. Um... You know, Sean Cannon, if, if you've never heard that name before, then you obviously have not seen Karate Kid 3 or the last season of Cobra Kai. He was Mike Barnes, the bad boy of Cobra Kai. Now, I, when I saw him, it, it took me a little bit of time to recognize him because I'm normally pretty good at remembering faces from other movies and stuff. And I was like, wow, where have I seen this guy? I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. And I had to give in and go to IMDb and find out that that was him. Now, if you haven't seen Karate Kid 3, then you are severely missing out. That movie is underrated and often overlooked. And to me, it's one of the best, actually, the best sequel in all the Karate Kid franchise. Because it just takes you to places that you never thought that Karate Kid would take you to. And if it wasn't for part three, we wouldn't have gotten this far in the Cobra Kai series as far as like the main characters 
uh, like like villain wise, because you know it gave birth to Terry Silver, and it brought back Mike Barnes. You know, Cobra Kai. Why we wouldn't? I wouldn't have known where Cobra Kai wouldn't have been at had it not been for Karate Kid Three. But enough of that. That's just enough. He played this pompous jerk of a you know fraternity to the T. He was perfect for the role. You know, it, it just was one of those things where it's like, wow, I want to see more of this guy. Like, I'd like to see where his character was going to go. But when you do watch this show, it really didn't look like there was no, like, like there was an end game to any of it. They condensed the entire first movie into 24 minutes. A lot of key scenes are in this pilot. You know, you get your, your nerds first showing up to the school. Them meeting the cheerleaders, the Alpha Betas, making their own fraternity, getting their own house. And none of it hits the same. Like I said, each one of these, you know, occurrences are like less than five minutes apiece. They just run through the whole first movie like nothing. And there is no really definite outcome. Yeah, sure. At the end of this pilot, the, the nerds get their revenge on the jocks and... You know, everybody has a good time and everybody cheers at the end. None of it was heartfelt like the first movie. Now, if you remember the first movie, you know, the nerds went ahead and and they did all that, those obstacle courses. Then they had the pep rally at the end where Lewis goes and makes that speech where all the nerds are triumphant and you feel good about yourself. You're like, wow, wow, you know what? These guys can do it. So can I. And here... None of that was was present. I'll tell you one thing that was extremely present was the laugh tracks in the back. And whoever did those, you had one job. One job to put the laughs where they're supposed to be. In some parts of this episode, people were just having a normal conversation. Then the laugh track goes off and we're like, what's going on here? Like there wasn't even a joke. And then you finally get you get the joke. And nobody's laughing. And it's like, okay, guys, like if you're going to try to make this look a little bit legit, the least you could have done was put the laugh tracks after the joke or at least a funny scene. Funny scenes would happen and not one sound was made. Somebody walks in and everybody starts laughing. It's like, wait a minute, aren't you supposed to be cheering when when a good character comes in, like on Married with Children? Remember those times where Al Bundy would walk in and it'd be like a five minute cheer. Then finally he'd get to his lines. This time people were cheering and they're still talking. I'm like, wait a minute, I can't hear over this laugh track. Why are why are people laughing? Uh, it a lot of it, like I said, this whole pilot was a complete mess. Now I can go over scene by scene by scene with you, but it's basically the first movie without an ending. And it didn't hit on any of the cylinders that it was supposed to. Would I have watched the series had it had been picked up for maybe a few more episodes? Yeah. Would it have made a decent miniseries? Maybe a four-parter? Maybe. You know, kind of like the like like the like the Prime Directive movies for Robocop. Um Yeah, sure. I I would have seen that. But the fact that the cast minus Todd and you know, the, the timing of the laugh tracks and the jokes. You know what? Some of the jokes were actually kind of funny. There was a few times where I did chuckle and I'm like, you know what? This isn't a, this isn't too bad. 
I'm going to give you a couple of the good jokes right here. They want to be tri lambs? They want to be tri lambs. Okay, line up, size places, now. Tri lambs are lean, tri lambs are mean. We stand as one till the job is done. Hi, front stomach in, just out. You call that a chest? <laughs> well, actually, it's just a place to hang my nipples. <laughs> If you recognize the voice from that military style scene, that is the voice of Richard Gant, who played one of my favorite characters in any of the Rocky movies, George Washington Duke. Now, if you watch Rocky V, you know exactly who I'm talking about. He managed Tommy Gunn. He tried to be, I guess he tried to do like his best, you know, uh, Don King impression. And you know what? He succeeded. I love that dude. And everything he does is actually really funny. Uh, other than, I, I believe he was on Jason Goes to Hell. Because uh, I think he was the coroner who ate Jason's heart uh, in the hospital scene. Which, obviously, that's where the coroner's at. But he's also, he's always a memorable character. He is like the UN Jefferson of this fraternity. Of the Lambda Lambda Lambdas. He, his name is P.T. Turner in this. And, you know, he's one of the, you know what, honestly, next to Todd, he's one of the redeemable characters. We've got Bush. If you liked Saved by the Bell and and, and TV shows similar to that, then you're probably going to enjoy this pilot. If you're a Revenge of the Nerds fan, I don't know so much. The fact that we've already been accustomed to, to the, the original cast being those characters and then the watching this generic version... Eh, you know what? It really doesn't hit the same. I think I've said that quite a few times. And the reason I, I likened this, if that's even a word, to Saved by the Bell is the settings. Now, you get three settings in this. Now, the school, I guess, has a small cafeteria to the dorm room and then the fraternity house. And you don't go any further than in, any, anywhere where those doors are. Where you see those doors is as far as you can get. It's kind of like on, like I said, on like Saved by the Bell, where you either get Zach's room, the Max, some part of the school. That's it. And on Saved by the Bell, remember, they even taught drivers ed in the same class that they had, like biology and math and everything else, which was just odd. And I felt like this show was going to go down that same route. Had it had stayed around however long it, it might have, it would have went down that route. Like... You know, you would have just had a couple scenes. Everything was very cheap. But you owe it to yourself to watch this. I, I love going out and finding these lost TV pilots or the unaired versions. And it's just kind of like, you know what? This is a it's fun to watch. It's fun to look back and see what could have been and what shouldn't have been. And this lies right along the side more so towards what shouldn't have been. Uh, like I said, being a massive fan of the Revenge of the Nerds movies, I was more like, ugh, this is not for me. But being a fan of cheesy TV shows and movies, the other side of me was like, huh, you know what? This was watchable and unwatchable at the exact same time. I am making no sense here because that, that's, that's exactly how I felt. I was very indifferent after watching it, I tried showing this to the wife who I gauge all of my content on uh, to see if she likes it. 
Now, I know a lot of times, like, uh, you know, I'll show her some a movie. And if she likes it, I know other people outside of this household will. And then I can go and talk about it. Because a lot of times I go out and I talk about some of these movies and these TV shows. And everybody just looks at me like, 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 like they have no idea what language I'm speaking. And they're just there smiling and nodding, thinking, well, this guy's an idiot. And much like what you guys are probably thinking right now. So when I showed her this, she naturally was like, I don't like any of this. Why am I even watching this? But she made one comparison. She thought that the original intro for this was very similar to the Big Bang Theory's intro. Now, when you actually do watch it, the 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 scenes are kind of, you know, obviously it's 1991. You're not going to get the cool graphics that the Big Bang Theory had in theirs. But the 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 concept is there who knows where if this was an inspiration for which i highly doubt it was but you know it was there <laughs> another piece of lost media that i wish i could see was whatever they had filmed for the revenge of the nerds remake that started in october of 2006 now fox studios had made a smaller low budget indie label named Fox Atomic, which they were going to release this on. They figured, hey, you know, American Pie was pretty popular, brought back the teen comedies. Let's go ahead and let's try to capitalize on this with Revenge of the Nerds. Well, the movie filmed for just about a month or so, and then it got immediately canceled due to a whole bunch of, you know, how do I say this? set issues. They couldn't lock down the school, the school that they were supposed to film at, saw the script and said no. And everything just fell apart from there. Then in 2020, Seth MacFarlane and the writers who did uh, the 21 Jump Street movies, the Lucas Brothers, decided that they were going to reimagine Revenge of the Nerds. Now, I did like the 21 Jump Street movies, both of them. I thought they were extremely hilarious. And you know that when Seth MacFarlane is involved, there's probably going to be quite a bit over the top, which could match up to the original movie now what could pose as a problem is the fact that everybody wants to cancel everything these days uh, in recent years there have been articles out there depicting lewis as very rapey in the first revenge of the nerds movie uh, honestly everybody gets offended by everything these days the internet is a cesspool of people asking for money and crying about something that happened 30 40 years ago when it comes to TV and movies, come on. You know, you're really going to be upset over a movie that didn't bother you last year or the year before or the year before that. You want to cancel it. You want to say, okay, well, what is canceling a movie these days or a TV show? How do you cancel it? What are you going to do? You know, you're just not going to watch it, which, you sh which is something you should have done in the first place. Or is a crazy concept. You're watching a movie or a TV show, and you don't like the content that's, that's being shown to you. You don't agree with some of it, and that's fine. But what about, hear, hear me out, going and turning it off and going about your life? How much of an easy concept is that? Jesus, these people just want to complain about everything. Now, listen to me. I'm complaining about the complainers. Eh, oh, well. Because... All they want to do is they go online, they hashtag junk, they rally up the troops, they write articles, 
about canceling something that's like 30, 40, 50, 60 years old because it bothers them today. Because it doesn't fit into their lifestyle today. Jeez. What, what world do we live in? You know, I feel like their day is like going good up until a certain point And then all of a sudden the memory kicks in. I, I can imagine like, oh, I'm having such a good day. Ah, oh, You know what? What a great lunch. Work is going fine. And then boom. You know what? I, I can't. I have to go home from work. Sorry. I, I got to leave because uh, that one scene in Revenge of the Nerds, it's bothering me way too much. That one unforgivable act that Louis Skolnick did to get back at the bully is just bothering me way too much. I just can't live like this. I need to go home and write about it. That's how I feel that whoever started this whole cancel Revenge of the Nerds thing, I felt like that's how their day went. It, you know, the internet has turned into nothing but crybabies. They cry about things that they're not going to care about by lunchtime. I mean, let's be real here. How many times have you gone on social media and on any one of these platforms when something major happens out in the real world and you see hashtag prayers, hashtag justice, my heart hurts, I won't stop until justice is served. And then by lunchtime, they're taking pictures of their food, tagging them to their friends somewhere, saying having great drinks and laughs with the family, whatever, because they don't care. Everything, even these cancellations are just a flash in the pan. And I, I think you guys have heard enough of me today. So the whole pilot is going to be linked in the show notes and the show's description, whatever you'd like to call it. So is my social media. And I uh, hope you guys have a great 2023. I'll see you guys next time. Are you ready for the sex girl?